Well, 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 if it ain't those dang old YouTubers again, as my brother likes to say. I got me a new ball cap. You guys like it? This is equipment share on it. You give people enough money, they give you a fancy hat. What's up, Dr. Trev? Shalom, bro. <clears throat> I'm Bear from the internet. And, uh, we're gonna, I don't know. We'll do the news, I guess. What's up, shop stuff? It's been a full contact Monday. I don't know about y'all, but uh, it's been a full contact Monday. Hi, Stephanie. Hi, everybody in the chat. Jeff, 5x5. Five five. Cool. Yeah, walk over here, asshole. See what happens. Come at me. Bear Independent Brief, 11 December 23. Can you guys believe it is almost 2024? Retarded. By the end of September... This year's number of cyber attacks had already surpassed those in 2022. By the end of August, 360 million people had been affected by cyber attacks. Attacks, And by the end of November, only 299 hospitals had been struck with ransomware. Uh, only, you know, 299 hospitals. Um, it's fine. When things go bad, the system will save me. For some perspective, between 2021 and 2022 combined, 2.6 billion personal records were exposed. Cyber attacks have struck some big names in recent months, too. Little people, you might have never heard of them. Uh, Microsoft, uh, Discord, 23andMe, uh, you know, those that are mapping the genetic genome and downloading your literal genetic code into the matrix so that the robots will have access to it. It's good times. They've all been victims of cyber attacks during the last half of this year alone. Stuart Madnick, a professor at MIT, that's a Massachusetts Institute of Technology. You know, I almost, uh, I almost went to MIT. I had a scholarship to MIT because uh, believe it or not, there actually are uh, somewhere between three and five brain cells cobbled together underneath this hat. And I decided not to go MIT um, for the same reason that, uh, well, it's a different story. But uh, suffice it to say, I built my first business during the economic collapse of 2000, the 2000 financial crisis. Remember that? And uh, my mom worked for the telephone company, and the telephone company went on strike for two years. So as a young man, not even legally an adult at this point, I started cutting timber, kind of like this, over here with a $500 pickup truck and a $200 chainsaw so that I could buy food to feed my family. And that seemed more important to me than going to college where I could be indoctrinated by blue hair professors as to why socialism is great. And so, praise Yah, I didn't go get indoctrinated. Um, I went and put calluses all over these hands and fed my family with these hands. It was pretty cool. And now, uh, I ain't made, met a tree that I'm afraid of, praise Yah. I've met some sketchy-ass trees, though. Shall we continue? Stuart Madnick... A professor at MIT explained, quote, in today's interconnected world, virtually every organization relies on a wide range of vendors and software. As a result, hackers only need to exploit vulnerabilities in third-party software or vendor systems to gain access to the data stored by every organization that relies on that vendor. Which is why 
immediately following this broadcast, we're all gonna take our rectangles and smash them with a battle axe, right? No, probably not. We like the dopamine too much. It's not just personal information. It's in the crosshairs of bad actors, though. Within just the last two weeks, a cyber attack on a water utility in Ireland caused the water to be cut off from about 180 people for two days. I would call this like a probing attack. I would say this is proof of concept. Why? The hackers posted an anti-Israel message and claimed they targeted the water pumping system because it was made in Israel. This happened shortly after the U.S. government warned that the Iranian government-linked hacker group Cyber Avengers, except the E, first E in Avengers, is a three Cyber Av 3 Engers, has targeted multiple U.S. water facilities. This group hacked Pennsylvania's Municipal Water Authority of Aliquippa. Yeah, Aliquippa. I'm from upstate New York, which is kind of near Pennsylvania, so we're, we're both versed in how to say retarded Indian names. That, you colonizer, you're not allowed to say it. I'm a quarter Cherokee Choctaw Creek. Shut up. Simmered down. Aliquippa. Though the facility said the hit ultimately led to no risk to the water supply. And it's no big deal because Israel just happens to manufacture all of the, like, essentially all of the PLC's programmable logic controllers for, like, all of the water supplies in the United States. So proof of concept, right? No biggie. The official SISA-issued cybersecurity advisory explained that CyberAv3Engers was actively targeting and compromising Israel-made Ultra-Unitronics Vision Series programmable logic controllers. These PLCs are commonly used... I will shoot the shit out of you, turkeys. Go get some yonder. Oh, can he reach it? This looks like a good anti-turkey device. Shall we? Let's see. We got a gray one. A red one and a black one, all three of which are toms. And uh, they all just walk around bro flexing all day, dragging their wings in the front yard. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Direct hit scored on the black one. Run along, birds. Run along. Ain't nobody got time for you. I'm trying to talk to the people on the Internet right now. It's very important. They, they've taken serious time out of their day today to dedicate to getting all scared about the world ending so they can whip out their Amex and buy a bunch of shit, okay? Strut away. Walk on home, boy. Re. Spect. Walk. You talking to me? No way, punk. Let's see, uh, PLCs, wastewater systems, additionally used in other industries, including but not limited to energy, food, beverage manufacturing, and healthcare. Nothing to see here. What did you say? That's right, Jimmy Jones. The PLCs may be rebranded, rebranded and appear as different manufacturers from different companies. So, nothing to worry about there. Uh, TJ showing his musical test. Yeah, Pantera uh, is like easy listening for me, bro. When I was in the metal scene, the metal that I listened to was so metal that most metalheads were like, no, bro, no, that's, that's too much. It's too much. You need to simmer down. Like, I have no gray area. It's one of the things, like, most people don't know about me. I'm like a light switch, homie. I'm not a dimmer switch. And the older I get, the more, and I, tr the more I try and be a dimmer switch, right? On, off, left, right, good, bad, black, white, up, down. I'm trying to, trying to embrace the gray. 
which makes sense since like all my chest hair is gray now, my beard's turning gray, and you know I got like gray on the top of my head up here, and it's like, I guess I should just learn to embrace the gray, huh? It's a thing. It's it's physical, but it's also metaphysical. Dab is spiritual as well, a little mental and emotional. In other news, Tennessee just experienced a rash of deadly tornadoes on Sunday, or I'm sorry, Saturday. They killed six and injured more than 50 people. The power outages resulting from the storm conditions across the state led to two water utilities operating on generator power. There is no estimated time of restoration for the substations in Hendersonville, excuse me, and North Nashville that have sustained significant damage. There were several reports that some sirens did not sound in time to alert residents to the threat. But when questioned by reporters, Montgomery County Emergency Services Chief Jimmy Edwards said he, quote, couldn't respond as to why the warning sirens didn't go off until after the fact, end quote. Now, I want y'all to know, because many have asked, especially on Patreon, where we have a little bit more discourse, a little bit more uh, back and forth. Bear, when are you going to Tennessee? And the answer to that is currently, I'm not. But I want you guys to know, okay, the the warning sirens didn't go off. But you know what did go off? Ryan Hall, y'all. Ryan Hall, y'all went off, um, as he's wont to do. When three raindrops fall out of the sky in any one square kilometer, Ryan Hall's going to go live and tell you about it. And so myself and many other members of Grindstone's Volunteer Force were preparing, based on a warno that I put out, on Saturday afternoon to be up to go to Tennessee. And I reached out to multiple people that I know in that area, in Tennessee and in Kentucky, getting on the ground reporting of what was going on. And Grindstone Ministry reached out to the emergency management personnel in all the affected areas to make sure that they were okay and to see what kind of backup they were requesting. And Sunday morning, we had two brothers who have previous experience with Grindstone, who were driving around the AO, providing pics and video and boots on the ground, intel as to what was going on. And because of that, and because of the fact that that's 8 to 10 hours away, that AO is 8 to 10 hours away from Grindstone Corps personnel, we made the call that unless the situation changes, i.e., because right now the damage is localized, it's bad local, but it's not bad, bad. And... So the damage is localized and emergency management is not requesting help. They, quote, have it under control to pull off of construction of Caleb House because, see, Grindstone is building Caleb House and to drive eight to ten hours away for a little bit of work, not a full-blown deployment, isn't the move that we're going to make. And so while I will kill the shit out of you, turkeys, and so... While I absolutely know what it's like to deal with the devastation of a tornado or a hurricane, the scope and scale of said tornadoes in that area, while bad, are bad locally. And the decision was made by myself and the Board of Grindstone that it does not warrant a full-blown deployment from uh, Grindstone to get into that AO to go do what we do. However, we do have brothers in the area who have signed on to assist to help the local people <clears throat> and Grindstone will be a sort of, uh, supporting them if when said support is needed. So that's why Grindstone's not in Tennessee slash Kentucky right now. Uh, it's not that there weren't tornadoes. There were. 
but they did not rise to the level of Mayfield, Kentucky, Idabel, Oklahoma, Rolling Fork, Mississippi, etc. And so we still got our ear to the ground. If that changes, we'll be up. But emergency management doesn't want backup. Okay, cool. Then I don't have to force you to, you know, accept the blessing of Grindstone coming to your town. So that's what's going on with that. Now, uh, Christmas dinner is calling you, bro. Well, deja vu. I guess you haven't been here very long. Other interesting things in the world. Let's see. One, the Yemeni Houthi rebels have decided that they are going to enact a blockade of all ships traveling to and from Israel. All ships. I don't know if this is just bravado on their part or if they're actually going to do this, but if they do do this, some of those ships are American flagged and some of those ships are American warships. Now, the Yemeni Houthi rebels have already been attacking warships with missiles and drone strikes, but it's been even though it's happening and it's been acknowledged that it's happening, nobody's really widely reporting on it because this administration lacks a pair of testicles and doesn't want to be seen expanding the conflict in the Middle East to include Yemen. So that's something to keep an eye on because you could possibly get some type of causes belli, some type of black swan event out of these Yemeni Houthi rebels acting like a bunch of turds and continuing to launch missiles and drone strikes at American warships. Remember the sinking of the Lusitania. That wasn't a warship. That was a passenger liner that was sunk accidentally that led uh, to U.S. involvement in World War One. It's a thing. So, something to be aware of. So, I'd keep that on your radar. Um, also, there's uh, at least one Russian spy who's saying the quiet part out loud right now, which is that NATO is looking to replace Zelensky with some other, air quote, totally uh, officially elected, trustworthy election person in Ukraine because Zelensky, in their words, in NATO's words, is... Uh, hard-line patriot and will not uh, participate in any concessions in order to bring an end to the special military operation of Russia in Ukraine. I find it interesting, when this whole thing first went down, February 24th, 2022, there was uh, a lot of conversation by ourselves and others as to how long can Zelensky hang in there, because he was installed in the first place. Duly elected, sure, just like Biden. Uh, He was installed in the first place, and so he suits the purposes of the big they for now, but at what point do they not, do they, the big they, no longer need Zelensky, now it's time for peace, or whatever. Uh, And so the likelihood that Zelensky gets replaced, or has a happy accident, uh, I'd keep your eyes out for that one, or has a happy accident in the relatively near future is pretty high, I'd say. And then you've also got Vladimir Putin, chancellor and then president of uh, Russia, asterisk, is running for another term 
And if so, I mean, I think he's been in positions of power in Russia for more than two decades. And what's interesting is the voting in eastern Ukraine for Putin that will take place for three days in the Luhansk, Donetsk, Donbas, Crimea regions, the breakaway separatist regions of southeastern Ukraine. Uh, those regions will be voting in Putin's presidential election, but the way that they're voting is super interesting to me. The uh, Putin regime is sending election officials door to door to see who wants to cast a vote for Putin in that area. One of the things that I don't particularly like about that is as you go door to door, think of this as like a search and rescue op where you're cataloging who lives where, when, how many people are in this house, what are their, you know, and now shift to the political, what are their political sentiments, do they support Russia, do they support Ukraine, do they not support either, are there any military aged males here, what resources do they have available to them, are they farmers, are they... Uh, technical professionals, white-collar professionals, etc., 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 etc. And it is an interesting compare-contrast here in the United States of America as to the importance of having polling places. Because I don't really want any... I don't. I tell the tax assessor to kiss my ass when he pulls into my driveway without an appointment. Right? Like... I definitely don't want the, the people from the government who are here to record your vote showing up on my doorstep. Yeah, and so that should be interesting. That's something to keep an eye on as well. Uh, other than that, uh, what else is interesting in the news? Israel has said that they are going to um, they put a timeline to their uh, special military operation in Gaza, specifically in the Khan Yunus region. They're saying that's going to take about another month of intense fighting, and then it should take about a month of cleanup operations after that. So hypothetically, within 60 days or so, Israel should be uh, more or less done putting the boots to Hamas, so they say, currently. And that's an interesting change in rhetoric from them because it's the first time since October 7th of 2023 that Israel hasn't said this is an all-out war for the destruction of Gaza and Hamas, and that they're going to make hum, uh, make Gaza a non-permissive environment for Hamas. And so that's an interesting change in rhetoric, even as Biden struggles with his popularity here stateside because the left is a bunch of morons and seems to equate uh, liberty with the support of terrorists halfway around the world. Something that's interesting about that, I believe I was reading about this in the uh, Ford Observer email that I'm subscribed to that goes out every morning, so give credit where credit is due. Apparently, the DNC, Democratic National Committee, is working pretty hard on two fronts right now. One is to get a conviction on Donald J. Trump that would allow him or disallow him from running for president now, and they are apparently quietly trying to uh, insert division into the Democratic Party, which I think explains some of the air quote grassroots upswell support for Nikki Haley, who's not exactly much of a candidate, especially if you're not into like big government, but also that they're quietly scrambling to figure out who is going to replace Biden as the Democratic uh, nominee in the 2024 presidential election. Because Biden's disapproval ratings are in like the 70s. 
across both parties. <sighs> what else was in there? Um, the uh, consumer <laughs> enthusiasm index, whatever the hell they call it. Apparently, we're on the cusp of a recession. No shit, we're on the cusp of a recession. Um, so that's something to pay attention to. Uh, inflation is still, the Fed is struggling to get inflation to where they want it to. And even though the Biden regime is reporting that there's been a continual growth of employment during the Biden administration, what they're not reporting is of those jobs that have been uh, grown during the Biden administration's reign, it still represents only approximately 70% of all the jobs that were lost due to COVID. So no new jobs have been uh, created. It's been the restoration of only seven in 10 of the jobs that were lost due to COVID. So yeah, good times, good times. That's uh, basically it in the, the news sphere as far as shit that's interesting to talk about today. So I guess that's your brief. I've got a stump grinder coming here that I got to deal with a whole bunch of stumps in my front yard because I got to make room for my new house, praise you. It only took us six years of being here, living in a house that probably should have been knocked into a pile six years ago to uh, save up enough money to build a new one in light of the seven plus figures that I've given to the IRS in the last six years. Uh, we now finally have low six figures to be able to afford to build our own house. Because, you know, America, freedom, good to go. Yeah. Walk away, turkeys. Go away. Just, just step. The gray one has the biggest balls. <laughs> have you been following the dhl strike i have not not uh very closely i'm aware that it's like existent but i certainly don't have a whole bunch of details on it can i have my own room at the new bear castle you what you can have after the new bear castle is built is uh, i still intend to build a guest house in the cove on the little finger of land that juts out in between the streams over there um and that'll be for visitors such as y'all. So, well, such as you, Dr. Trev. Not all y'all. I don't got room for 1,100 people here. And I only know like 10 of y'all that are in here. So, the, you know, the other 1,090 of you are going to have to go through a pretty serious vetting process. It's going to be weird standing out there in that hayfield just waiting for admittance to bear camp. I wouldn't recommend it, man. I wouldn't recommend it. Uh, something else that's really interesting that uh, from a... TCCC standpoint, I just yesterday uh, signed up to support on Patreon European Medics, and that's what they're called, European Medics, and I saw a post that North American Rescue did on Instagram that was a repost of the European Medics discussing lessons that have been learned in the Ukraine war thus far, and there were a couple of real key takeaways there that I think a lot of people, especially, you know, those whose battlefield medicine knowledge comes from the American involvement in the global war on terror, um, which, hey, uh, a lot of American men and women gave their lives to gain that knowledge, uh, which is why we're so hardcore on the committee on TCCC as an organization with Refuge. Um, that was the best data we had at the time, but during that time we had prolonged field care was less of an issue because we could more or less 
work within the golden hour. We could get people from the site of the casualty to some higher level of care within an hour. Depends on the environment. It depends on the circumstances. But there was still an attempt to adhere to the golden hour during that conflict. Well, what they're finding in Ukraine is that's just not possible. And the average wait time for Kazovac is 8 to 18 hours, which has seen a huge resurgence in lessons learned in prolonged field care. Meaning the golden hour, we're not going to get you from injury to higher level of care in an hour. So what do we do? How do we keep this person alive after we, you know, packed a wound, threw on a chest seal, and threw on a couple of tourniquets? Now what? That's prolonged field care. So there's a phenomenal post from European medics. I was talking about a couple of things. The first, and they did a really good job on this, was enhanced IFACs. You don't need your slicked down little battle belt IFAC in a prolonged field care environment. You need enhanced IFACs. And I was looking at what they include in an enhanced IFAC, and I was like, oh, a bear fact. Roger that. Got it. Um, the next thing that they were talking about was that medics are finding themselves having a hard time carrying all of the equipment that they need to carry in the field to be able to perform prolonged field care. And so just like with a combat loadout with line one, line two, line three, medics are having to develop their line one, their line two, their line three in a prolonged field care environment, which is similar but different to the idea of uh, ruck truck house plane which was a concept that was developed in GWAT, which is you got your rucksack, you got your backpack full of stuff as a medic, and then on the truck you have even more stuff, and then you have a house or a fob or a safe site or something where that you can use as a short-term care facility with your medics with more equipment in it. And then you have your plane or your helo or whatever it might be that's going to enact your Kazovac, Medivac to get the patient out of there to an even higher level of care. And so it's a tiered system of ruck, truck, house, plane. Well, it's the same similar system that's being employed in Eastern Europe in the Ukraine war right now. But as far as medics stacking line gear for prolonged field care on them, where their line one is their care under fire stuff, and then their line two is their Kazovac medevac stuff, and then their line three is their prolonged field care stuff. And it's very, very interesting what they're running. Like, their their aid bags for prolonged field care are comparable to, like, the refuge uh, field medic or the refuge stomp bag that they're running around with on top of a full combat load. So if you're on Patreon, I did a, a post with a write-up based upon the video that Bob and Heath did from Refuge about um, after-action report for operating in the field in the rain and the cold. And I did a write-up on there talking about how my load-up, my load-out triaged for that exercise was 78 and a half pounds. Had I taken my full ruck, it would have been 110.5 pounds. That's a lot of gear to go play in the mud with. Um, and But that's something that they're running into in Ukraine is the prolonged field care issue. And so European medics, you can, I think their lowest support level is a buck on Patreon worth looking into also worth following on Instagram because there's a lot of really good beneficial, uh, content there. Uh, and it's really important to onboard these lessons that are being learned now. 
And the reason that this matters for you, Mr. or Mrs. Preparedness-Minded Individual, is that we're not going to have the golden hour. The county I live in, the average EMS response time is 47 minutes. We don't have the golden hour here, now. We don't have it. And so that means that we are in a, whether we want to be or not, a prolonged field care situation. And so learning as much as you can about prolonged field care and having as much equipment and more so capability to be able to take care of somebody, this is sustaining life and nursing skills in an austere environment, really important because as we saw in the brief, only 299 hospitals were taken off this year due to, taken offline this year due to cyber attacks. We have this mentality as Americans that if we can get them to the ambulance, get them to the hospital, it'll be okay. And as the system continues to slowly crumble due to the fragility of the system, that's going to go away more and more, which means you need to have more and more capability. And that is the brief for today. There's no links in the description today because I just didn't friggin' feel like it. Um, but you guys know what to do. Patreon.com, search for Baron Dependent, 10 bucks a month. Uh, speaking of which, parts one and part two of uh, Stop the Bleed from Harmony, North Carolina are up. And multiple, multiple comments on those two videos. This one video series is worth my year's subscription to Patreon. Thank you. So, uh, European Medics, that's correct. Um, so that's Patreon. You can find the link in every other freaking description on my videos. Or you can just go to patreon.com, search for Baron Dependent. Refuge Medical, I have it on good authority that if you've been waiting for Red Bearfax to come back in stock, that they went back in stock this morning, there is a limited amount of them, and they will very probably sell out because we live in a strange world these days. So if you've been on the wait list for a Red Bearfax, today's your day. Go get a Red Bearfax, refugemedical.com. If you use promo code Bear Nation, you get free shipping, which is not nothing these days because uh, everything's going up in price. We also have wound care buckets and surgical buckets back in stock. We have a handful of the purple and the blue floral adventure kits in stock. And uh, if you order all these things today, you should have them before the winter solstice. So that's something to be aware of if you're into that. Um, if you're one of the people that's going to be giving gifts this season, don't buy dad another freaking tie. Dad don't want a tie anyway. Give the gift of life. 110 people are still alive because of our kits. Praise the most high. So I know times are tight. We're all feeling it. I'm feeling it too. And if you're going to be spending that fiat currency, let's turn it into something useful. Something that actually serves a purpose that if you have to use it praise yah it will do what you need it to do that's the bear fact refugemedical.com also if you're looking for something to get for dad for any reason i have it on good authority that covert threads i told the patrons yesterday covert threads has all of their in in stock socks 50 percent off right now I might have ordered a dozen pairs of socks yesterday. And here's the move, gentlemen. I asked my wife what kind of socks she wanted. And after she put her socks in the cart, I slowly walked away. And I put all of my socks in the cart. Because 50% off the best socks on planet Earth? CovertThreads.com. Go check them out. 
What else? The Refuge Ruckus is coming up. If you want to throw in a rucksack and march through downtown Fort Smith, Arkansas with us so that we can uh, wave the middle finger at pedophiles, you can find that information at refugeruckus.com. Grindstoneministries.com. If you need a Bible, go check that out. If you uh, want to do disaster deployment stuff with us, sign up for the newsletter. CalebHouse.org. Caleb with a K. Um, we rescue and restore juvenile human trafficking survivors. We put together uh, kids, put them back together after they've been seriously raped by assholes. We do everything in our power to make sure that bad shit happens to bad people. We are 100% funded by y'all. And uh, my staff at Caleb House tells me that apparently in the United States of America, 90% of all charitable giving happens in the month of December, which is this month right now. We are a 501c3 not-for-profit. What that means is it doesn't mean the government gets to tell us what to do. Uh, if the government got to tell us what to do, we wouldn't need a Caleb House in the first place. What it means is that all of your donations are tax-deductible. And so, yeah, you can do it online. If you, feel, if you feel convicted to give, you can do that online at calebhouse.org. Caleb with a K. K-A-L-E-B house.org. Or if... Um, you'd like to make a more substantial donation, just email admin at calebhouse.org and Katie Lynn will tell you which numbers to beep, boop, beep on the keyboard and that shit will be squared away. That's what we got going on, y'all. I appreciate y'all very much. Should we, uh, should we talk to the creator of the universe? Of course we should. You know the freaking answer to that. Let's do that. Let's do that. Oh, good afternoon, Father Yah. Father, thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the breath in our lungs. Thank you for entrusting us with the stewardship of all these myriad blessings. Father, I pray that you just keep us focused on you, that all these things that seem like challenges to us are really just blessings in disguise, and that we would remember that, and that you would equip us and empower us to rise to the occasion to be good stewards of all the blessings that you've put into our life. Father, thank you for these people. I pray that you'd bless them today. I pray that you'd give us strength and power and authority in the name of Yeshua HaMashiach. Father, that you would just pour out your spirit for wisdom and discernment. That you'd bring joy to those who need joy. That you would bring peace to those that need peace. That you would bring strength to those that need strength. And that you would bring healing to those that need healing. Father, I pray that you'd continue to remind us that you are sovereign over all things. Our bank accounts, our bodies, our mind, our flesh, our land, our jerk turkeys. That all this belongs to you. And without you, none of this is possible. And without you, it's not possible for us to walk in the ways of righteousness and to be good stewards of this. Father, thank you for your son by whose blood we're able to come home again. Thank you for his atoning sacrifice. And thank you for making us new and forgiving us of our sins and our transgressions, Father. Thank you for loving us inexplicably. You're awesome. You're just absolutely awesome and amazing. Father, I just pray that you just smile on these people today that we would all come to know you a little bit better today. And to lift them all up and lay them at your feet and ask that you would bless them, provide for them, and protect them today 
and teach us continuously how to walk in your ways. Ask these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Thanks for being here. It did not feel like doing a, uh, a polished brief today. It felt like sitting in the sunshine in the front yard and talking to y'all. What do you guys think? You like the, uh, you like the polish or you like the rough? This was good, says Jimmy James. Hey guys, my stump grinder's here. I'll see y'all soon. Y'all have a blessed day. Shalom.